Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 116. Something I've always loved about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, even maybe going back to my first cruise, is the entertainment on board. Each ship I've been on has offered different kinds of shows, games, and other entertainment that I just really can't get enough of. I believe that really my interest and passion for taking a Royal Caribbean cruise grew tremendously from the great times I've had on board. Royal Caribbean does a lot of things really well, and entertainment on board of ships is definitely among the very best in the whole cruise line industry. So this week, I wanted to take a look at the shows that Royal Caribbean offers and talk to you about what makes them so enjoyable. Whether you've seen them all or you're brand new to you, there's sure to be at least one, or probably more like seven, shows you will definitely want to see on your next Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. My very first Royal Caribbean cruise was on Explorer of the Seas out of Bayo, New Jersey, and it was a family cruise down to the Caribbean for nine nights. It was me, my parents, my sisters, and even my grandma joined us. And it was on this cruise that I really saw my first shows on board, and I think it's when I started to sink in how much fun a Royal Caribbean cruise can be. Every cruise after that, I would slowly find myself gravitating towards looking at the shows and discovering new shows, entertainment on board, and it really became something I really looked forward to doing, almost almost as much as the food on board. Each time I would book a cruise, one of the first things I would always do is look at researching what shows are being shown on that ship. Maybe it's in the Royal Theater. Maybe it's somewhere else on board. And what kind of entertainment I could expect to find on board. I mean, really, a big part of any Royal Caribbean cruise is the wonderful entertainment they have. There's just a huge array of different things to choose from. And I think they've got something for everybody. And it doesn't matter which kind of class of ships you're on, which itinerary you're sailing on, what time of year you're going, Royal Caribbean makes their ships really about the entertainment on board. And it's been something they've really hung their hat on really over the years, I gotta say. In fact, you may have noticed if you've been reading Royal Caribbean blog somewhat lately, that just the other week, uh, Cruise Critic had its annual uh, Editor's Pick Awards, and they gave Royal Caribbean, among other awards, they won a couple different ones, but the one, one of the awards they won was Best Cruise Line for Entertainment. And to me, that says a lot. I mean, that just shows you that across the industry, Royal Caribbean is doing it correctly and doing it right and really hitting a home run with it. So I really wanted to kind of talk about what kind of entertainment you can expect to find on a Royal Caribbean ship and what kind of entertainment really resonates, I think, with passengers. Because, man, there's just so much great stuff on there. And let's start probably with the most obvious shows. And we'll kind of work our way around this. Maybe knowing me, this will be a hodgepodge. I'll be jumping around like, oh, yeah, don't forget about this. We'll get around to all of them, and of course, I'm always interested to hear about what your take is on entertainment, because obviously, there's just so much going on on any given ship, different kinds of shows to enjoy, so if you've got something, a favorite show perhaps, or something that you really gravitate towards, or something you really enjoy about the entertainment on board, be sure to email me, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and I'm going to start with the Royal Theater, it's the most obvious spot on board, it's of course the large amphitheater on a Royal Caribbean ship that offers you usually a lot of first-run shows, really interesting shows. And what Royal Caribbean is probably best known for in the last couple of years have been Broadway shows. Now, this is an interesting concept because going back years ago, Royal Caribbean would offer just, you know, and in cruise lines in general, would offer, you know, essentially original shows that were medleys or compilations of, of favorite songs, but they weren't full-blown plotline stories, right? And what Royal Caribbean started doing, starting with Oasis of the Seas, was they brought on a full Broadway show Hairspray. And this was a big deal because, again, up to this point, this has never been done before. And now Royal Caribbean's been offering, in fact, on many of its ships, full Broadway shows, Broadway, Tony Award winning Broadway shows, I should add, 
that you know obviously are not only great sources of entertainment. This is a huge value for the guests because even if you if you go see the show on Broadway in New York City, you're going to pay a premium for that. I mean, even if you get some of the discount tickets, you're probably still paying a good somewhere between let's say fifty to one hundred dollars per ticket. Right, and even if that show is coming to visit you in your town, there's obviously Broadway has been expanding and doing a lot of shows on the road in various cities across the country. You're still going to be paying a pretty penny for that. So when you consider that you can see these Broadway shows included in your cruise fare, that's a really big deal. And these are really important shows. I mean, we're talking Chicago, Mamma Mia, Hairspray. There's <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. There's a lot of great and quality Broadway shows that have become real favorites among Broadway fans, and this is just you know, the tip of the iceberg when we're talking about the kind of entertainment you can enjoy on board. So Broadway shows have become really a staple of what Royal Caribbean offers. They're available on most of the newer Royal Caribbean ships, so certainly the Oasis-class ships, the Quantum-class ships in the United States. So Quantum Seas doesn't have what they used to have a show. They got it taken away. And we're not sure yet if Ovation of the Seas will offer it, but certainly Anthem of the Seas does have a show. And... It's, it's something that's certainly a big deal, I think, in terms of when you look at entertainment. To me, just that alone, and there's plenty more we're going to talk about, but just the Broadway shows alone are a huge plus for what Royal Caribbean offers compared to its competitors. Now, there's also plenty of other shows. I mean, you're going to find a lot of different shows in the Royal Theater. Usually, there's something going on every evening. Sometimes it is one of those musical medleys. I, we were on Freedom of the Seas, and they had Once Upon a Time, which essentially is a musical telling of classic fairy tales to modern music. So, <laughs> if you can believe it, it's basically a lot of pop songs set to, you know, stories like Rapunzel or, or, or Little Red Riding Hood and, and, and so forth. And it was a really fun show. And then on Oasis of the Seas, you have Come Fly With Me, one of my favorite shows that Royal Caribbean does. So, there's a lot of different shows to check out in the Royal Theater. Usually something going on every night and probably, you know, among the best things that Royal Caribbean does. Now, there's also other shows in addition to just musicals or that kind of entertainment. In the Royal Theater, you're going to find other game shows as well. Royal Caribbean does things like one of my absolute favorites, the Love and Marriage game show, which essentially is a take on the old newlywed game TV show. And basically, they pick some couples from the audience. They ask them some sort of embarrassing questions. It's always entertaining. One of my favorite things to absolutely do on there. You'll also find the Battle of the Sexes in there. So certainly, any of those kind of game show things that Royal Caribbean does in the Royal Theater, definitely high on my list. Now, in terms of other shows that Royal Caribbean does, well, you've got a lot more to choose from. We haven't even scratched the surface yet. How about on the Oasis-class ships, you've got the Aqua Theater. And in the Aqua Theater, it's essentially a open-air theater in the back of the ship. That has, as the name implies, an aqua base. There's a pool there. And you're going to see a lot of different performances. Essentially, it's more performance art rather than, say, musicals or, or someone singing to you. And you've got divers. You've got uh, dancers. You've got swimming people. <laughs> I'm not sure what their professional term is. It's a really interesting and different kind of a show. But it's something that's, again, very unique to Royal Caribbean and something that I, frankly, haven't seen anywhere else. On Quantum Class ships, you're going to have in the 270 Lounge, whatever you want to call that theater, you've got some really interesting shows. My favorite, Star Water, which was uh, which is a great show on, on Quantum of the Season. I'm excited to go check out Spectra's Cabaret on the Anthem of the Season just a couple of weeks here. But what's really interesting about the 270 shows is it combines just a lot of the tricks of the trade that Royal Caribbean knows and puts it into one thing. You've got great music. A lot of times it's it's sung to well-known pop music, but you've also got tremendous performances. There's a lot of it's a much as it's as much about the music as it is the visual elements here because you've got these amazing lighting, 
costumes, story being told. It's really an interesting experience. And I think that what they've done in 270 in terms of the putting on a performance aspect of a show is, I'm going to say, second maybe only to the Broadway shows. Broadway shows are just a classic, right? I mean, that's to me, that's just the top of the chart in terms of what a stage performance can be. But these shows in 270 are really impressive. Now, something kind of new to some of the other classes of ships, if you go down to the, say, the Vision class ships or the Radiance class ships, you've got the shows in the Centrum. This is kind of an interesting idea because before the refurbishments that came around the fleet in the last couple of years, the Centrum, wasn't, there wasn't really anything going on. There was just a lot of art in there, which was nice to enjoy. But Royal Caribbean has added a lot of these performance-based uh, shows in the Centrum that kind of have almost a Cirque du Soleil aspect to them and they add a little something different there because again you're not just limited to shows in the royal theater now you've got a different kind of element something that what's cool about this is there isn't really seating per se you could if you went down to the the bottom of the centrum and just kind of you know sat in one of the chairs there but you can go from almost any of the decks that look out to the centrum you can go stand right by the railing and you're going to see just a huge swath of people on every deck looking out and it's a really interesting kind of concept and, and delivery of this show but the shows at the centrum are really among the best that Royal Caribbean does. It's something that if you are on a ship that offers one of these central shows, you have to check it out. These air, they're, they're aerial-based. Again, it's about performance and kind of almost these gravity-defying moves that these performers do. Really interesting thing. Now, another really fun show, and probably I think my, maybe my wife's favorite, if not, again, save for the Broadway shows, are the ice skating shows. Now, on Royal Caribbean ships that have ice rink so that's of course the voyager class and the freedom class and the oasis class ships these ice skating shows all have a different theme to them and it kind of depends on which ship you're on but they're all really impressive and at first when i first saw this i think i've told this story before i i heard about an ice skating show i said ice skating i mean i'm just thinking in my mind ice capades or something else that's on like tv on a saturday afternoon at four o'clock and it's like okay what else is on you know i would never stop to watch it but i went to it because hey why not i'm gonna go check it out at least to see it before i slam it and I was really impressed by it. I got to tell you, I saw it. My first one was going back to my first Royal Caribbean Cruise, Explorer of the Seas. They had a show on there. And the ice skating show was really impressive. I was just, what, I, what I'm amazed by is the mixture of contemporary music with the performance. Now, it depends on the ship. On Freedom of the Seas, you've got, it's called freedomice.com. It's kind of a, basically a, a medley of different performances to different music. But, uh, you know, contemporary music. On Allure of the Seas, they've actually got a show that is more based on popular board games. <laughs> it's almost like LARPing. And this is really getting geeky. Now, LARPing is is a term for live-action role-play. <laughs> it's not really meant for board games. It's meant for other things. Go Google it if you're really interested in doing it. Be prepared for an interesting look at humanity. But <laughs> this is just something really cool and different. And it, it's not just a bunch of people skating around in circles and doing triple axles or whatever, right? This is people who are on a ship and really doing performance for it, telling you a story. And to me, that is really cool. That is really interesting to me to be able to, to enjoy. And what I've really found really kind of also just the story and everything else is always, you know, the, the primary aspect of the show. But, of course, they're also sailing and they're, on, they're ice skating on a ship that's moving at sea. Oftentimes, there is movement going on, and they're still landing their moves. And they are just really good at what they do. It really makes me think, man, I wish I was semi-talented or coordinated enough to do that because it is really an interesting thing to, 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 to enjoy. And I wish I was, again, good enough to be able to do half the things they're doing, let alone at sea while the ship is moving. 
Now, if we're talking entertainment, some things that people just love about entertaining on the ship is how about the live music? We've done, in fact, I've done shows about the live music on board a Royal Caribbean ship. You're going to have live music on a lot of different places that are more, it's a more casual experience. It's not like a show where everyone's got a signed seating and you go there at a certain time. This is more just, it, they're playing and it's up to you to enjoy it. Some of the great examples, of course, live music at the at the pool, which is one of my favorites. You've also got the live music in the main dining room in, in, for dinner, which is just, I love that kind of ambiance. You've also got live music in some of the bars and lounges. And a lot of times you're going to find live music in the evening at one of the English pubs that are on board various ships. And that's really cool. They'll play a lot of just basically bar sing-along songs that, you know, after a couple drinks, it, you definitely want to join in with it. And that's really a cool thing to do as well. You're going to find music in the schooner bar. There's a lot of times there's going to be, you know, sing-along kind of stuff in there. We were on the, when we were on Freedom of the Seas, again, just this past summer, they had, they had a Billy Joel night. They had an Elton John night. They had a Jimmy Buffett night. Very cool. I, I, Beatles, I think, was also one of the evenings. I mean, who doesn't, sooner or later, you're going to play something you really enjoy, and it's just a great way to enjoy a drink as well. Now, speaking of the bars and lounges, and the schooner bars especially, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast and read Royal Caribbean blog are huge fans of things like the trivia that Royal Caribbean does. And let me tell you something, trivia on Royal Caribbean is not to be taken lightly. It is very much a an activity that a lot of people enjoy and a lot of people really look forward to. Basically, these are trivia games that you're not really playing for anything more than like a keychain or something. It's just bragging rights. It's just the ability to say, hey, I knew more about 1980s music tunes than you did. <laughs> but it's a really fun thing. And if you ever go there, you have to observe it. Even if you don't participate, just watch because people really get into it. It's very fun. And and I think that's what's really, that's the key, right? It's not about, you know, obviously, you know, putting anybody down or losing. It's just about people just having a good time, sharing in their trivia, and remembering all those things like, oh, yeah, what were all the Keaton family names from, was it Growing Pains or, or Family Ties? I don't remember which. I think it was Family Ties. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this shows you how little I remember from the 1980s. And, you know, it's fun. That's what it's about. And, of course, if you have a couple of drinks, hey, why not? That makes it even more entertaining. So there's a lot of interesting shows you can and, and activities for you to partake in. Also, one of the big ones we've talked about on this podcast many times is The Quest. And The Quest is basically it's an adult scavenger hunt. I, there's no way I can really do it justice by explaining it on the podcast. Essentially, it takes place during usually towards the end of the cruise you go late at night. Usually, I don't think it starts until like maybe 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening. But basically, you go there, you form teams, and the person hosting, usually the cruise director, will go out and toss out random things you have to find. Let's just say it's not very pedestrian things. <laughs> and it's always entertaining. You can you have the option when you go to the quest of either participating or just watching. Usually, there there's places to sit to watch it. I highly recommend at least watching it and then participating in it at some point because it is a very cool thing and something that's again very unique to Royal Caribbean in terms of what they offer. There's I mean there's there's a ton of other stuff here and and there's honestly it's hard to find that line where you start to bleed between what is a show and what is an onboard activity. I mean there's you know you've got the 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 belly flop competition, you've got the glow party, you've got the silent disco. There's a lot of things that are going on and you know that's obviously something that we kind of talked about a little bit when we did that cruise compass podcast episode not too long ago so there's a lot to consider and i really believe that what royal caribbean offers in their entertainment on board is really i'm gonna say second to none i think cruise critic got it right by giving them tops in the entertainment for for cruise line because it's not just they offer things anybody can just throw things at the wall and hope that it sticks they do it well 
that's it's I hate to say entertaining because we're talking about entertainment, but it's enjoyable. How about that? And it's a really fun way for families. And and outside of the quest, I think it's all really family friendly. I mean, maybe the love and marriage game show might be another one I might not want to bring my my four year old to. But when she gets a little bit older and she kind of understands things like the birds and the bees, <laughs> that would be something fun for her to enjoy because it's just. It's good-natured humor, right? And that's what it's about. And that's what I love about a Royal Caribbean cruise because it's something that I can go – when I go with a cruise with my parents or I went with my grandparents or I, we go on with friends and family. We do the group cruise, right? Coming up here on Allure of the Seas, February 2016. If you still want to join us, hey, there's still time. RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. There's my shameless plug for it. And you know we can all enjoy that kind of thing because people from all walks of life can enjoy these kinds of shows. And I think that really lends itself to – why taking a cruise in general, and specifically a Royal Caribbean cruise in general, is such a great activity. So I'd love to hear your favorite shows as well. If you've got an absolute favorite, something you have to see, something you'd recommend to other people that are listening. Maybe it's their first time going on Oasis of the Seas or Harmony of the Seas or or you know Radiance of the Seas. Let me know. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com and share with us your absolute favorite Royal Caribbean shows. Each and every week, I want to make sure we take time to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. I do this for you guys, and I love the support that you all show to it. So thank you all so much. It really means a lot. And of course, those iTunes reviews that you all leave help the podcast out quite a bit. Basically, people leave iTunes reviews, and the more reviews we get, the more that iTunes picks up on, huh, Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, people seem to enjoy this. Perhaps other people would too. And basically, it shows the podcast to other people, and then other people join us, and we have more fun people in here to talk about Royal Caribbean together. So it's a great process, and thank you to everybody who's been doing that. And one of the things I always like to do is read all the reviews that you all leave in iTunes, and this week we've got one. It's from uh, D. Remington. I hope I got that name right. And this he or she writes, Big fan of Matt and the podcast. Before you go, listen to the show. Each week looks into a different aspect of cruising with Royal Caribbean. Do yourself a favor and subscribe. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Very nice, very concise, and to the point, Love it. Thank you guys so much. All right. Let's jump into our listener emails for the week. And of course, if you want your email, right, if you want to be a part of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast, just send me an email. It can be about anything. It can be about a cruise you've got coming up. You've got a question, a comment. Maybe you read something on royalcaribbeanblog.com and you want to talk about it. Hey, this is your venue. This is your opportunity to talk about it here. So send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And our first email this week, it's from, it seems like we're getting, man, Paul's smart guy. It's from Paul Westbrook, East Brunswick, New Jersey. I think Paul is very smartly spaced out his email, so he gets them right every week. Good job, Paul. Very, very, This you're working the system quite well, my friend. <laughs> Paul writes, Matt, quick question. We're looking at an extended family trip on Freedom of the Seas next July. 17 people. If we wanted my time dining, is it possible to all sit together? And if so, what might be the best way to request that? Many thanks. Labadoozy, labadoozy here. <laughs> Love that, Paul. Great question. So taking a group cruise, something that a lot of people always consider, and 17 people, man, that's definitely something that's going to be a challenge in the sense of planning it. But there are a couple things you want to keep in mind when you're planning a group cruise and certainly looking for dining together. So first and foremost, when we're talking about any kind of group cruise on Royal Caribbean, something I always harp on, and I think it's really important, make sure you utilize a travel agent, Paul. Travel agents, especially with large groups, man, it will just make your life a whole lot easier. It doesn't matter if it's for a wedding, it's just for a family reunion or whatever. It's just going to make whoever's in charge of the whole thing, in this case it's you, Paul, trust me, you don't want to be in charge of it. You want 
people are going to have questions. It's better that the travel agent helps them rather than you have to take your time to answer them. Although I'm sure you would love to help out your friends and family, but you understand what I'm talking about. Sooner or later, it becomes a job, and there is someone who does that for a living. So let them handle it for you. Now, in terms of my time dining, what you're going to find is just like anything else. You're going to tell them how many people are in your group. And the thing is, is that most of the tables that I've ever run across in my time dining or really in the main dining room in general are limited to about 10 people. That's probably the largest table I've seen in the main dining room. So the problem is you obviously cannot fit 17 people on one table. You're going to have to split up. Not a big deal. I'm sure you probably kind of considered that anyway. But you're going to have to split up. Usually they do a pretty good job of it. You know, you'll be able to be sat at two tables, you know, maybe a 10 and a, a 10 table and then a seven top or something along those lines, basically right next to each other. So maybe you split, you rearrange yourself every night so you can talk to different people. Who knows? Whatever. Science eating, whatever the case may be. Now, one thing that I would recommend, and with a large group, the problem with a large group, and probably why you're emailing me, Paul, is, well, logistically, large groups are not the easiest thing in the world to plan. But here's my advice to you, something to consider, at least think about, Paul, is traditional dining. Traditional dining is a whole lot easier to manage because it's already set for you, right? You don't have to worry about uh, how long are we going to wait for our group of 17 to be seated because there's not as many 10 top tables as there are, say, four top tables. And there's a limited amount of those large tables and they potentially could have longer waits, especially if you're going during prime time. If you're going to be eating at nine o'clock or at five o'clock, you might not have a big deal. But when you're dealing with a large group, traditional dining might just be a whole lot easier because that way you're assured of a table at a specific time every day. I know what kind of limits you in terms of, you know, when you can eat. And if you've got kids, I know that kind of, you know, can, can cause some issues. But I really think for a large group, if your goal is to dine together, in terms of a simplicity standpoint, traditional dining might be the way to go. I'm not saying you can't do it in my time. I'm not saying you're not gonna have you're gonna have a bad time in my time doing 17 people, but you're gonna there's gonna be more hurdles involved. That's all. So just something to consider. And of course, Paul, I'd love to hear about you know how it worked out for you and what you ended up doing and how that 17 in my time, if you go that route, ends up working out. So I'd love to hear that kind of feedback. So thank you for the email, Paul. Next up, we have an email from Jose Pena who writes, Good morning, Matt. I hope you can help me with this question. I'm going on a back-to-back Jewel the Seas cruise November 22nd to December 6th, and I want to know how about the laundry service. Is there self-service laundry? And if not, does the ship have a laundry bag that I can give them to clean my clothes? The individual prices for each item is kind of expensive, and a fee for a laundry bag could be cheaper. How much is it? Hope you can help me as I can't find the information online. Thank you. Jose, there's absolutely a laundry bag. Here's the thing. There is no self-service laundry on Royal Caribbean ships. So you've got, if you want need to clean it, you're going to have to send it out. The only exception is you theoretically could clean or at least wash and then air dry some of your clothes in your stateroom in the sink. One of the things a lot of cruise veteran cruisers will tell you is if you go purchase those single use detergent packets, you could wash a, you know, a shirt or two in the, in the sink and then air dry it in your shower, right? That could work. It's probably easier for kids. I know that my wife does this with our children because, it, you know, they're going to, especially my one-year-old, she's going to soil herself constantly. And it's a whole lot more reasonable to do it that way rather than either bring a ton of extra outfits or send it out for cleaning. So something to keep in mind if, you know, you want to maybe not bring as many socks or, you know, undershirts, whatever the case may be. But if you want to do laundry, you can't do it yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have to do the... The basically dry clean it. There's a couple different options to choose from. One of the options is you have your traditional dry cleaning service where basically in your closet usually there's a little form. You take the form and you say, okay, I've got, you know, four pants and two shirts and one pair of socks and whatever. You know, you itemize each item. It costs you a certain amount. You send it out. Boom. You know, it'll be returned to you probably the next day. There is also another option, which is the laundry bag thing. And this is something that Royal Caribbean does 
And it's something actually great if you're a Crown and Anchor Society member, where they do a fill the bag deal. Basically, it doesn't matter what how much stuff you put in there, as long as you can fill the bag and close the bag, they'll clean it for you. And this is a great deal. Usually, it's been about twenty five dollars for the bag, and it's usually I've seen it. It's advertised in the Cruise Compass. I've also seen it advertised in your Crown and Anchor Society discount coupons. They're not really coupons anymore. You know what I mean? There's a sheet of paper that tells it's all preloaded on your CPAS card, so. You know, refer to that as well. But basically, you fill out the you fill up the bag with your clothes, you send it out, and it's a flat fee. And this is a really great deal. And don't forget also that the deal extends for everybody in your stadium. So if it's let's say Jose, it's you and your wife, right? That essentially means you're entitled to two different bags. If you time it right, you can you know really cover yourself over the course of a cruise. Twenty five dollars for you know a lot of stuff stuffed in there. Let me tell you something. I have stuffed a lot of clothes in one of those plastic bags. <laughs> I only wish those bags had better structural integrity in order to hold up to the amount of things I try to stuff in there but it's great for you know shirts underwear socks basically everything other than pants pants take up a lot of space and I'm willing to deal with with that but that's probably the best way to go about it certainly the most economical way of of doing that and you know you just have to look out for that kind of a deal talk to your also your stateroom attendant about it because oftentimes I'll look for it or I'll forget about it and then I get about halfway through the cruise I'm like oh I forgot I gotta do laundry and I'll ask the stateroom attendant, he brings up the, he or she brings the bag to me, and we're all set. So that's probably going to be your best method, I think, there, Jose. So good luck with that, and uh, thank you for the email. Next up, we have an email from Dan, who writes, I'm listening to your latest podcast, and I have a question. I've thrown this question out there a few different ways, but I've gotten back just as many replies. My question is, we're going on Freedom of the Seas starting November 29th. Will it be decorated for Christmas that week? The week of November 29th through December 6th. Thanks for your help. The answer, Dan, is I believe the answer should be yes. Basically, what I've heard and what I've kind of seen is Royal Caribbean is really decorating their ships for Christmas right on Thanksgiving or right thereafter, essentially. And I think you're going to find that your ship should definitely have some Christmas decorations up when you go because you're going on November 29th. And I believe Thanksgiving this year falls maybe a couple days before that. So I think you're essentially the first sailing afterwards. So my expectation, of course, I'm no guarantee or of and that's definitely not a word <laughs> i'm definitely not a person who can guarantee anything that's going to happen on there but i would definitely expect to see the decorations on there dan please let me know with photos perhaps when you get back uh dan in terms of what your experience was and how many decorations because royal caribbean really does a lot for the holidays especially christmas and this year they're doing a lot and in fact i think they're doing more than they've ever done for christmas this year i'm going to put a link in our show notes dan at royalcaribbeanblog.com go check it out and you're going to find a link to all the things that Royal Caribbean has got planned for the Christmas season this year on their ship. Some really interesting activities, I got to say. And it really, I was, my, my interest is definitely peaked. I'm going as, I think some of you or many of you already know, I'm going on Brilliance of the Seas the week of Thanksgiving, that weekend of Thanksgiving. And I'm hoping as well that they're going to have to do decorations out for my cruise. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Thank you, Dan. Next up, we've got an email from Elise Jones. Who writes, Hi, Matt. I've been finding your podcast really helpful in planning an upcoming cruise. We haven't booked it yet, but we'll probably do so soon. I have been on only one other cruise line, Disney Cruise Line, about 11 years ago when I was a teenager. I wanted to go on another Disney cruise for my 30th birthday, but after comparing the rates and finding out that Royal Caribbean is practically half the price for the same four-night Bahamas itinerary, I'm thinking Royal Caribbean is worth a try. Although it pains me not to travel Disney Cruise Line, I love the shows, theme, dining experience, and of course the characters, I trust the judgment of fellow Disney fans like yourself that Royal Caribbean is a great alternative option. Now, after that long introduction into my question, what is included in the booking fare and what is an extra fee? I understand that the main dining room and select locations are included, and that you have the option to upgrade to the specialty dining. What beverages are included? Water? Coffee? And will I feel that my included options are more limited? 
Are any of the entertainment options extra? I know some of the activities on board are more, but what percentage is included and what will I be paying for out of pocket? There seems like it'd be a large emphasis on shopping on board and at the ports, but what if I just don't want to do a lot of significant shopping in the in, on the port or on board? Once again, I don't want to feel like I'm being limited in my options and coughing up more money to do things besides laying by the pool. Not that I want to be lying by the pool. Not that I don't want to be lying by the pool. <laughs> Spa's obviously extra. Listen to your podcast on that one. We'll probably splurge on this. I have no desire to go to the casino. Alcohol is obviously an extra. Are the packages really worth the price? I may do what you recommend for Disney World instead of doing their dining package to plan on spending the same amount and see if you come out under budget. Excursions, I know, are a separate fee. We were planning on staying on the ship in Nassau during... Uh, our stay there, so nothing really interested us. And gratuities can be prepaid, correct? And it, this is for the stateroom and wait staff. Besides automatic gratuities on alcohol, are there any other tips I need to consider? I know you did a podcast on this too, and I'll be going back to re-listen. Do I seem like I have a good understanding of the free versus fee? Is there something else that I'm missing that I should include? I would just want to be able to prepare budget-wise and not have to any significant surprises at the end of my trip. In addition to onboard spending, can you have two different credit cards associated with the same cabin? I would be traveling with my sister, so it would be easier to have our purchase separated from them to try to figure out who paid for what. Sorry if this is too long. <laughs> I've already gone on too long about this. Oh, I'll be traveling on Enchantment of the Seas. So that helps narrow down the answers. I know there are some differences between the smaller and larger ships. Thank you for reading this novel of an email and keep up the great work. At least it's a great question. I think a lot of people go through this, so this is wonderful. And at least, by the way, it's from Colorado Springs, Colorado. So you bring up a lot of things here, and I think you've... you're start with you're basically on the ball. I think you really have a good understanding of what is and what is not included. What Let's talk about, I'm going to kind of jump around here and hopefully this will give you a better understanding of it. You talked about certainly the dining and what beverages are included. So beverages that are always included, water, co- regular coffee and tea, not premium, basically not Starbucks, something you pay for, no lattes or anything like that. Just, you know, you want a black cup of coffee, you want a decaf coffee, you want green tea, that's all included. Uh, you've got some flavored waters. Flavored water essentially how do I describe the flavored waters? They're water with a flavor in them. It's they mix stuff in there. Usually the the it's like lemonade. There's also like strawberry or strawberry kiwi. They're pretty tasty. Basically, you know, you, it gives you a little more flavor to the water, especially if you don't care for water. And you've also got during breakfast in the main dining room, you can get juice for included. I have also sometimes gotten juice also in the wind in the wind jammer as well. It's been kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they tell me they cost extra. Sometimes they just give it to me. I don't frankly understand the <laughs> the rule. I'll be honest with you. Uh, in terms of anything else on top of that, yeah, you've, I mean, alcohol is going to cost you extra. If you want, you know, a fresh squeezed juice, that's going to cost you extra. Yeah, milk, milk is included, by the way. Milk is free, so you don't have to worry about milk. That was the other thing. I was, I was thinking of this one more thing in there. Milk, yes. So that's uh, everything else. I'll, you know, mixed drinks, soft drinks are all going to cost you extra on there. In terms of entertainment, you know, the only thing is that costs extra in terms of entertainment. Like there's like the mystery dinner show that can be on some ships. I'm not sure actually if Enchantment does that one, but that's a dinner. That's a specialty restaurant. I think you probably could have figured that one out as well. But all the shows, you know, we just talked about all those shows I mentioned at the top of the show. They're all included in your cruise fare. So that's not nothing extra on top of that. The other thing that you kind of talked about was, you know, if you're trying to budget, uh, the excursions obviously have a separate fee, so you don't have to worry about that. And we talked about alcohol already. Uh, gratuities, as you mentioned, there are you can prepay your gratuities. You should either you can either do it if you booked on your own through Royal Caribbean, you can prepay it that way, or you can go to a tr- your travel agent and have them do it for you. The advantage of prepaying your gratuities, also, especially if you have a cruise booked well in advance, this is a good tip for anybody, is prepay your gratuities, especially if it's more than a year or two in advance, because time to time Royal Caribbean will increase the gratuity amount to keep in you know up with the times, right? And 
if you but if you pre-book your gratuities in advance, you'll lock in that price and you won't be subject to the new price. So you can save a little bit of money that way. And you absolutely can prepay that. Otherwise, the only other gratuities you're going to pay besides the automatic gratuities, which go to your your stateroom attendant, your waiter, your main dining room waiter, your assistant waiter, and the head waiter. The only other gratuities you're ever going to need, in my opinion, uh, that are going to be outside. I mean, the drinks, we already mentioned that one, are going to be the, if you go off the ship and you go to any kind of, you know, service there and you go to a restaurant or whatever, that's going to be all different. The porter is probably the one that you may not be thinking about. So porter is both when you're boarding your ship in, in on Enchantment of the Seas and disembarking at the same time. If you're going to be using porter services, which I always recommend because it just makes your life so much easier and they just do a great job as well. It's a couple of bucks. We've talked about this before on another podcast about how to tip them there. That's probably the only other one I can really think of that's really in addition to. Drinks have an additional gratuity. The spa, I don't believe, adds on the gratuity automatically. At least in my experience, I have to ask my wife, actually. But I'm pretty sure that's something you, you'll tack on as well. But otherwise, it's pretty much included. I mean, look, let's let's face it. Royal Caribbean is trying to make money, right? And there are things that are going to cost extra. The internet is going to cost you extra if you want to use that. There's a, you know, and they're trying to sell you these things. Obviously, the shopping on board. You're going to see it in your cruise compass. You're going to hear about it, maybe bingo, things of other things like that. But it's not like anyone's in your face, like, you know, hey, Elise, you want to buy a bingo card? <laughs> it's not like that at all. I think you're going to see it. You're going to hear it. But it's up to you ultimately to decide what you do and don't want to pay for. I think in terms of food, really, outside of especially restaurants, you're not paying anything extra on board the ship because all, you know, the, the Sorrento's Cafe, the uh, Cafe Promenade, which Cafe Promenade is not going to be on <laughs> Champion of the Seas because you don't have Royal Promenade, but basically all of these places that you have food available to you, Park Cafe, which is on Champion, you're going to have access to that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can definitely swing by for without paying a lot of extra and i think that for the drink package or or not doing the drink package rather i think it's a great idea to basically say okay the drink package would cost me let's say you know three hundred dollars for the course of my cruise budget three hundred dollars and spend that and then you can always you know and basically just what you do is you keep the money in your pocket into the cruise you go to the guest services and you pay off the bill and hey you didn't spend a hundred dollars there you go it's back in your pocket here's your question about the two credit cards I don't think you can have two credit cards, but what you can do, obviously, is when you do on embarkation, you'll give them one credit card. Okay, so let's say it's your credit card, at least, because you're a nice sister. You put your credit card down. At the end of the cruise, what you can do is go to guest services, ask them for a printout of your bill, go through and figure out, well, your sister owes you $200. You go to guest services, your sister can pay with a credit card, with cash, whatever the case may be, her share of the fare, so to speak, and she'll be all set. And that way you can, that will probably be the most, the easiest, simplest way to do it. Other than, of course, you just putting it all on your card. And when you get home, you guys figure it all out. But I think you probably don't want to take that kind of hit on your card. So that probably be the next best thing out there. You know, there's definitely an upside. I want to make sure that we're, we're clear in terms of the expectations. There's going to be, you're going to see a lot in terms of things that are going to be available to you for an extra cost. But, you know, it's like anything else in life. It's up to you to actually act on it. No one's going to be forcing you to do it. No one's going to be coming to your door and knocking on your stadium door. Hey, Elise, remember that bingo card? I still got it here. <laughs> it's not like that. You know, they just, it's out there. You're going to see it. You're going to hear it. But there's nothing wrong with sitting by that pool, you know, with your earbuds in your ear and enjoying the ambiance and, and the sun and the heat and, and tanning yourself and all that good stuff that goes on there. So hopefully that answers your question, Elise. And I hope that I'm just, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on what the expectations should be and what, you know, they are and, and all that stuff in between. So 
would love to hear your, your thoughts on that, Elise. I think you've got a great cruise with the Cham. It's, it's a fun ship. I think you and your sister are going to have a great time on there. I hope that this will be your first step in really embracing the Royal Caribbean thing because, look, you've heard my story, Elise, and you've heard from a lot of other folks out there. It's a great value for what Royal Caribbean offers you, and it's a great experience. Man, I hope you're going to come around to our side of the fence here and, and stay on our side of the fence because I know you're coming here just for a little bit. So good luck, and thank you for the email, Elise. And a big thank you to everybody who's been listening to this podcast. Thank you also for the emails. I love it. And of course, if you want your email to be read on here, well, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. I'm just sitting here with bated breath. Can't wait for you. I'm serious. I do actually really, really, really enjoy reading your emails because we get to talk Royal Caribbean together every week. So send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. I'll be sure to read it there. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. We're the RCL blog on Twitter. On Periscope as well, we are the RCL blog. And Periscope, essentially, for those who aren't aware, is a live video streaming thing. It's completely free, 100%. You just download it on your smartphone or or device, whatever it may be, put it on there, and follow me on the RCL blog on Periscope, and you'll be alerted when I go live, and you get to talk, we get to talk more virtually, <laughs> which is always good. And Facebook, man, who doesn't love Facebook? Follow us on Facebook there. We are Royal Caribbean Blog on Facebook. So until next week, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.